she just let me ride in. Black and White Podcast with Eric and Evan Elliott. What is up, Brody? What up, man? I am chilling and I am agitated and pissed, sort of. Don't know what to think about a lot right now, but I'm glad to be back on this podcast. Man, I don't know where to begin. I, I, I don't know where to begin. Well, then uh, I'll kick this one off for us. Oh, no. Oh, no, indeed. Man, that kind of life, huh? Yep. Yep. It's that kind of life, man. Oof. You need a minute, broski? Oh, no, we're good. We're good to go. We're rolling. We're good. All right, sweet. Well, I'll kick this one off then if you don't know where to start. Anyway, I'm excited for this one, dude. I'm excited. It's been a minute. It's been a long minute. Yep. Been a very long minute. Life is is busy. Disney is busy. DC is busy. Marvel's busy. Everybody's busy. Mm-hmm. But so, tonight we're honed in. On the topic that started us all off, we're back talking about DC, and we're back with actual new stuff to talk about. This will be a fun one. I think we're going to have a fun, for the first half, fun conversation and agreement, but then we may get into some disagreement later. Yeah. But but starting off, we're here to review Black Adam to kick this off. We talked about this movie a lot. A lot was writing on this movie. This movie was marketed as a turning point that DC has desperately needed. That's something we both agree on. Yeah. Um, it was marketed as this is the new change in direction. You right. know, you, you and I freaked out whenever, uh, what's his face? Walter Hamada. Yep. Whenever, whenever when he, he left, when he got out of there, I know that really you know, yeah. that encouraged a lot of people, a lot of talk about new so there was a lot of hype, a lot of pre yeah. behind this film. Um, I'm going to be honest, Derek, just my two cents, then I'll pass it to you. My review of this film, folks, overall, I think when I first saw the film, I think I gave it a 6 out of 10. Yeah. I think I'm going to drop that to a 5. Dropped? I'm going to drop it to a 5 because, I, uh, folks, real quick, but let, let me explain how my grading system works. This just for anybody who has never listened to a pod before and doesn't understand how my system works. A one or a two, or a, a, a one is unwatchable. A movie that's a one is a movie that I deem I just can't I can't stomach. It's, it's that bad. It's that bad. Two, pretty much the same. A one or a two, it sucked. Three or four, it's bad. It's like really bad. And if you want an example for a one or a two, think 2016 Suicide Squad. That's a one or a two for me. Jesus. Think Ghost Rider 2. Think Green Lantern. Think Justice League. Think 
X-Men Origins Deadpool. Mm. Bottom of the barrel. Just awful. Mm-hmm. Three and fours. These are really bad movies. And the only good thing you can say about them is they're not as bad as ones and twos. Yeah. And they may have some redeeming qualities. Example, Batman Forever. It's a bad movie. It's a really bad movie. I don't like it. Yeah. At all. But it's a lot better than Batman and Robin. Significantly better. Yeah. Way better. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm trying to think of a more modern example. I guess would be... It's very hard to make a a three and four movie today. It's very hard. I I would say a three or a four would be Wonder Woman 84. Yeah, Yeah, that is tough. I would say Wonder Woman 84 is better than all the aforementioned movies in the one and two category. Yeah. But it's still not a movie I'm going to watch again anytime soon. No, absolutely not. So when we get to five, average... Okay. Decent. It was, it was a film that I don't hate. I didn't leave the theater thinking that I wasted my money. Um, but I didn't leave the theater in awe of what I saw. I didn't leave the theater excited. I didn't leave the theater impressed. I didn't leave the theater even happy. I just left the theater. When the movie right. was, when the movie was over, I think I looked at you and I said, "Eh, yeah." You you looked at me square in the face and you said, "Meh." When this I film was, was over, that's what I said. And I said, "Dang." And another example, I'm trying to think. Average movie. Uh, what's an average? Average, 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 average. I should have wrote some of these down. I should have thought about this before the pod. Uh, I mean, this, the list is long. We, I mean, we're gonna be bringing up examples all pod really so i think there there's a lot of examples i think the first captain america was an average movie it was a surprisingly good average movie now that i think about it like it wasn't or iron man 3 iron man 3 was average hmm. i think it's underrated i didn't do i the mandarin tri- twist was garbage that was so garbage but that's just me that's just yeah. me so that's average. And then a six is above average, like really decent, like, okay, we're getting a little bit better now. Yeah. Uh, I can't really think of an example off the top of my head. Uh, a seven is a movie that really impressed me. Not yeah. necessarily fantastic, but good, borderline great. Good borderline, yeah. N- yeah, now we're talking really, really good. Um Oof. Man, I can't think of an example here. Oh, Aqua. No, not Aquaman. Aquaman's a six. I need to re-rate that because I just watched it yesterday again. Man, I remember you hated that movie when you first saw it. I did? You did. When we first talked about it, you hated it. And for the same reason I did, we both thought Black Mantle was lame. Well, that... Well, maybe my opinion, yeah. My, maybe I did, but I, maybe my opinions changed after this recent. Yeah. I mean, that happens. That. Yeah. Our opinions change. My opinions change. Uh, but anyways, then we get to the eights. Like I said, these are really, really 
really good films. I think Robert Pattinson. I think Robert Pattinson's Batman or Joker is where I think an eight is. Yeah, Batman Begins eight. Mm. Or my bad, Batman Begins. This might be some Nolan bias. I would say it's an eight point five. It deserves that. That's not a stretch. It is that's, the point. That's it's not the a point five. Nines, stellar. Captain America: Civil War, uh, Infinity War, uh, Spider-Man Two. Love these movies. And then yeah. ten, ten is the Dark Knight. I think everybody knew that going in. A ten out of ten yeah. for me. Ten. Talking Dark Knight. So. Ten is res- now there's other films on the ten spot. There, there's even other superhero films on the ten spot. I have yeah. Logan on the ten spot. Mm. I I have um. Oof, you know, go ahead and put Spider Man two on that ten spot just because Alfred Molina. Oh, you you have to, yeah, you you have to like love that, love that guy. It's probably two. It's probably two out of the Raimi trilogy that are probably in the ten spot. Oh, Willem Dafoe is so good. for me. Yeah. But, so that's the scale we're talking about when I say Black Adam's a five. Yeah. I thought the film overall was average, decent. I thought, I mean, I'll start with the positives. The visuals were a big step forward. I I think there's a noticeable difference in quite, go watch Justice League. Then watch Black Adam. I think there's a significant improvement in visuals. Clear difference. And I was very happy to see that. Um, and, yeah. as, and as far as new tone, new direction, yeah, this film had those moments. And that's part of the disappointment because there's like the origin where, you know, spoiler alert, it shows, you know, children being killed. It shows, you know, ancient brutality. You know, there's some brutal scenes here. Yeah. Uh, Black Adam first showing up. He has some epic scenes. Uh, it's a blast to watch. Uh, yeah. The negatives. I can't believe I'm going to say this, Eric, because this is the one thing that I did not think I would say about a film that The Rock is in, but here mm. we are. Uh, I thought it was boring. Mm. I really did. I, th- I mean, there were moments, I'm like, and I'm talking 20-minute increments. I'm in the theater just like, okay, like, what yeah. are we doing? Yeah, like th- this is Black Adam. Like, why is Black Adam talking about what his catchphrase is going to be with a fifteen-year-old or a fourteen-year-old? Yeah, like this is not Black Adam. This is not. This is not an anti-hero, serious story. Like this almost feels almost yeah. not anywhere. Actually, not almost. It's a much smaller version. Much more right. of how I felt when 2016 Suicide Squad came out. What I mean by that is, you've got these trailers and it's dark and it's gritty and it's yeah. intimidating and it's like, oh, this is a serious film. But then you go and watch it and it's like, what the heck? This what is, is this? This is like total different tone. Right. Black Adams kind of felt like that for me. Yeah. Um. And 
we'll talk about the box office and everything and what this movie means for DC moving forward later in the pod today. We got it because I think that's where we'll get into the disagreement. That's um, where, yeah, that's where we're going to divide at, I think. But in terms of the film itself, I give it the five out of ten. Uh, 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 one main reason being is because Black Adam's opponent, the villain he fought at the end, I already forgot his name. Yeah, unknown, weak villain, just... Unknown devil figure. Yeah. Just Sabbath. someone... like hey, here, here, Here's someone that Black Adam needs to fight. Here's someone. Just throw someone up in there. No depth or meaning to his story outside of, I must avenge my ancestors for what was taken from me. Boo, hiss, like, yeah. Well, and that can be a cool storyline, but the way it was executed, I'm just like, yeah, I'm not buying any of this. I don't care about your character. And if I don't, like, that's a huge, like, I'll end it on this and I'll pass it to you. A huge thing for me in superhero films, I need a good villain. Right. I just do. I need a villain to get my attention. I'm a firm believer that a movie is only as good as its villain. Take the Tom Holland trilogy for a second. The first two films, in my opinion, were okay. Yeah. Why were they okay? Because Michael Keaton as Vulture, even though he was a great Batman, was eh as Vulture. He was an eh villain. Jake Gyllenhaal, loved you in Nightcrawler, dude. Fantastic movie. Um, but and Here, he's just eh. In No Way Home, just eh. Willem Dafoe, though. That's different. No Way Home. I mean, we're going from talking about some random basketball player to Michael Jordan. Right. Like, we're talking about the Willem Dafoe, who, like, you know, he shows up. He just starts killing, no questions asked. He's a phenomenal villain, and Far From Home is amazing because of that, or No Way Home is amazing uh, because of that. And obviously yeah. with The Dark Knight, a big reason why that movie's my favorite is because of Heath Ledger. Not the only, but one of them. Uh, yeah. Black Adam did something that the MCU does a lot and I can't stand, and that is just throw some random person out there in the movie, call him the villain, Hardly any backstory. That's just like get them out there, let the hero beat them, and then we'll move on. Right. Um. Yeah. So for me, overall, it's a five out of ten, and I have to. The Rock, I love you, dude, but I have to call bullcrap on the whole new tonal direction because this really just felt like the same old, same old. Yeah. On to you. Well, I I can agree with most of what you say because in my review that I wrote, and people can read it up on jhouse.com on the uh, jhousecomics.com on the website, I initially gave it a 6.6 out of 10 because I'm used to DC doing something a little bit more serious, a little bit more mature, a little bit more complex. Sometimes it's dark, sometimes it's not, but it's not too layer, if you know what I'm saying. It's not cookie cutter, you know, and so it was a little bit lighter from than, than my taste as a DC fan. Um, 
And I said that the film did what it needed to do, which, okay, if you wanted a simple action movie superhero flick, this is that. It gives you that. If you want good good CGI and visuals and you just want some some tough, edgy, you know what I'm saying, uh, anti-hero, okay. I, think, I thought the movie definitely delivered on that. But um, the reason why I gave it a 6.6 was because in terms of how when we look at the masterpieces that DC has dropped, these masterpieces that they've dropped tend to be darker. They tend to be mature. They tend to be serious, complex. That is the level that we're used to seeing DC operating. That's where they operate at the Nolan trilogy, um, Batman 89 and dark, uh, Batman returns even more. So as an example, um, we talk about Watchmen. We talk about Todd Phillips' Joker, the Batman, uh, MOS, BVS, Wonder Woman. You can put Wonder Woman in there. Um, just so many examples of where DC has shown, like, okay, this is the brand that we are. We're not light. We're not one side or the other. We like to keep it tonally consistent. We like to stay a little bit more on the serious side, but we can have some fun, but we're more so serious. Black Adam did not have that at all. It was... I did not get the anti-hero vibe, like you said, so I agree with you on that. I didn't get that vibe. I didn't get the whole um, you know, new tonal change because it just kind of came off as like what, like, I'm not going to say Justice League because that, this was better than Justice League. But in terms of tone, this was kind of that same level. It but, was closer to Joss than Zack Snyder. Yes. Like, I, I understand the support that directors have to have for each other, but like, there's no way that I could, I would, outside of the first action scene where we see Black Adam, outside of the first scene that he does with the cave and the helicopters and all that, the rest of this movie, there's really not any other kind of parts where I would consider him to be, like, consider this a part of ZSJL. Like, that I was a cool scene. Yeah, that was a very cool scene. That's very Snyder-esque. I would give them that. But as far as the rest of the movie, no, absolutely not. So, I mean, all in all, dude, I just, it lacked a lot. This is below, it was below my taste. You know what I'm saying? It's like I'm used to eating, you know, gourmet food as a comic book fan. You know, I'm talking about like Todd Phillips Joker we just came out of. The Batman we just came out of. You know, uh just the uh, Snyder cut of Justice League that we just got. Like, I'm talking about real four-course meals, you know what I'm saying, where there's not only layers to the characters, layers to the villains, there's all these different niches and, like, everything, like firing on all cylinders. We go from, from that to McDonald's. That's what Black Adam was. It was basically McDonald's. And so I, I just, I, I think that the movie did what it was supposed to do. But in terms of DC, this was not the DC uh, way. This is not DC at its best. I, I have to vehemently disagree when you say this film did what it was supposed to do. Because 
I mean, well, I mean, I guess from one it didn't of, do what The Rock said it was supposed to do. It just did what it was supposed to do. According to who? According to everyone, apparently. Because okay, so let here let's dissect that. So, or like I said, if you wanted just a simple action movie, simple superhero movie, okay, that's what Black Adam is, in my opinion, at least. Well, but sure. In terms of what Dwayne Johnson was saying about the hierarchy of DC Universe changing and everything changing, it did not do that. It's one step toward that direction, but it did not do that. You know what I'm saying? And people on Twitter and on Facebook and every that, they're making fun of him. They're mocking Dwayne Johnson because they're acting like he said the hierarchy of the whole comic book industry was about to change. That's not what he said. The man clearly said that we're not about to make ways with Marvel. He knew for a fact that Black Panther Wakanda Forever was going to outgross Black Adam. He knew that. And he knew that they weren't in competition. So he was just, he knew that. And Dwayne knew that. Everybody knew that. That was public knowledge. So, I mean, it's just one small step in that direction. It's not a major shift you know what i'm saying it's going to take something bigger than black adam to to do that and i'll gladly die on i'll I'll gladly uh take that l because i did say in the past i did say on an article i said dwayne johnson is going to make it happen he is exactly what dc needs in order to to get the ball rolling um and it kind of they kind of did that but not in the way that he anticipated i mean we got henry cobble back but now even there's reports of his, you know, tenure being in jeopardy, you know, because of what James Gunn and all. There's a lot of moving parts. So even then, you know, now that's not even concrete anymore. So, but, I mean. Nothing ever is. Nothing ever is with DC, is it? No. So overall, what do you rate the film? Upon my first watch, because I haven't rewatched it yet, but I'm sticking with my initial watch, it's a 6.6 out of 10 for me. I just had to drop it down to the 5 because it's... I mean, I to, to quote, I, I wish I could pull up the Stephen A. Smith clip. We've been bamboozled, led astray, run amok. Uh, what? Hoodwinked. <laughs> Hoodwinked. Everything. Uh, <laughs> All that's, those big words. <laughs> that's sort of that's sort of how I'm feeling. Uh, but yeah, to me, it was disappointing. I mean, the the film did good things, but overall, like, don't go into this film thinking that this is going to be any kind of game changer. It's not. It's it's, it's not that. It, it, it's basically talk about moving in the right direction. I mean, yeah, Cobble at the end was nice. That was really good. Um, the fact that we already knew that was coming, though, kind of felt like that took away a lot for me. I would have rather have been surprised by that. Um, that's just me. I mean, um, well, well, that's because they, I mean, you got to have a selling point for the film because. Well, Dwayne Johnson was supposed to be that selling point. And had DC done this damn thing right from the beginning, he could have been. Well, yeah, that that really would have been true because what do we always what do we always go back to with this conversation? We always go back to 
establishing the house first. You get the house in order, you get Superman's house in order, then you get Batman's house in order, and you build from there on down. You look at the MCU, and what do we got? Okay, we see Iron Man. We got Iron Man, we got Thor, Captain America. Okay, now we got the Avengers. After that, then we get so-and-so, we get Ant-Man, we get another Thor movie, we get another Iron Man movie, we get the Avengers, Captain America, and then after that, before you know it, Ant-Man's got almost two movies, Thor's got three, you got Black Panther in there, you know, Spider-Man's here, you're building upon that. So, like, it it wasn't a surprise to everyone when Guardians of the Galaxy got announced. It was like, okay, we have no idea who these guys are, but because of Marvel's track record of success, we're excited because of what they built with the other characters. Okay, so this is going to be interesting. I remember that day in the theaters. I saw the trailer for the first time. I'm like, I have no idea who the Guardians of the Galaxy are, but I see that red banner up top, and I know them boys coming with some heat because I'm sitting in the movie theater waiting on that exact same heat. I was there. I think it was Avengers Age of Ultron I was there for. I think if I'm, I might be wrong. It might have been another Marvel movie. Um, but I was there and I was ready for that. I'm like, okay. So, but with DC, we start with Man of Steel. We got Batman v Superman. We got Wonder Woman, Suicide Squad, 2017 Justice League implodes the whole thing. Aquaman was, was pretty good. Um, but then we get Shazam. And then after that, we're just sort of, we don't know where the continuity is. We don't know where, what anything is. We got all these announced movies that they announced. We got this movie coming. We got this movie coming, but we don't know what's going on. You know what I'm saying? And that's partly due to the leadership, creative differences, all that different things, all those different things. So that anticipation dropped for the DCEU and where it dropped at is all West. Something mean you were never going to agree on. I know, but well, we're about to talk about that again here in a minute. So hold your breath. Oh yeah. I, I can't be, I, I can't even do it because now you don't have now, a choice. It ties into the topic. Well, well here, here's the thing. And here's what I wanted to get off my chest. Here's why I was so agitated today because now I'm like, I don't know what people want. I'm like, we understand now that Black Adam was this cookie-cutter, MCU-esque kind of DC film. But then when we go and do something dark and complex, you know, it's cinematic universe-wise, of course, because we know solo projects are successful for DC when they're like that. The Batman, Joker, you know, hey, successes. But when it comes to this cinematic universe thing, it's like, all of those rules change. That's and not make, true at all. I that that's, that's just my the, opinion. I'm not saying that's factual. That's just my opinion. But I mean, now people are like, "Oh, it was too cookie cutter. It was blah blah blah." I'm like, "Well, god dang, what? Like, it's too late now to go back to a Snyderverse. It's too late for that. That's in the past. You know, there's a complete storyline back there. There's a canon back there. There's a Justice League 2 and 3 and a Batman solo. There's all that back there. But that door's closed. So now we have to work with, with what we got. So that's what I was doing when I was encouraging Black. I wanted to be optimistic about this thing, bro. I'm like, okay, yeah. DC, new direction. Let's go. I'm ready. 
I'm supporting this. Whatever we move forward with, let's move forward with it. And let's, okay, we got new leadership in the building. We got all that. We got all the recipes we need. David Zaslav's cutting out all this unnecessary stuff that they greenlit back in 2017. And, bro, real quick, real quick. Sorry to cut you off. Go ahead, go ahead. You know what's insane? When we started off J-House, you were the pessimist and I was the optimist. That's crazy. When we started this podcast, I was the one, like, your whole stance was, Snyder's not there, I don't want it, don't, like, it's gonna suck, DC doesn't know what they're doing, and I would be on the other end saying, no, bro, look, this is gonna happen, this is gonna happen, this movie's gonna be good, they're gonna bounce back with this, and then DC's gonna be back on top, and we're gonna have a great story before you know it. At some point... And I'm not sure when. I can't pinpoint the day. But at some point, ladies and gentlemen, I guess it was for Black Adam. Because the lead up to this, Eric has been on here talking about, you know what? I think The Rock may be right. I think The Rock, you know, I think this will be a a big hit. And I think brighter days are ahead. And now I've been, I've been Mr. Negative on here talking about, You know, I don't think so. I don't think it'll do anything big. I think it may make money. Uh, Oh, and speaking of which, this film flopped spectacularly. Not even in terms of comparing the Black Panther. Not even in terms of comparing to Marvel or comparing to... We're not comparing to anything. I mean, this film is losing money. That's not good at all. We yeah. pre- we predicted this film, or at least I did, and this is where I have to hold an L. My dumb self got on here and said $600 million this film would make. We sit today at 347 And Blu-ray is going to be out. Digital release is going to be out before Thanksgiving. That's where we're at right now. It flopped. It had a very nice opening weekend. A very nice opening weekend. But once the reviews came out, once the first wave of people saw the movie, once friends told friends about it and word got out, Twitter started talking, people who had seen the film were voicing their opinion, hype died. That was it. It completely and totally died. And the box office numbers show that. And it, I'm trying to keep my composure for this one. Um, I hate being, I mean, I said the film wouldn't be a game changer, but I didn't think that DC was going to dud like this. And this is where the rant portion of the podcast comes in. You touched on it. I'm going to expand on it because you talk about the level at which DC operates. Mm. The, the other night, this was about a couple weeks ago, I was re-watching The Dark Knight because whenever I lay down and I don't know what to watch and I'm scrolling through movies, I random, and I can't make up my mind, there's one of four movies that I'll randomly choose. 
Like there's yeah. four go-to movies. Okay, if I can't think of anything else, I'm watching one of these four. Dark Knight, Scarface, Wolf of Wall Street, or The Departed. It's those four. Like, yeah. I'm going to watch one of those four. Right. And then a couple weeks ago, I landed on Dark Knight, watched it. And I'm telling you, dude, I've seen that movie God knows how many times. And I'm just still in awe of all the performances of that movie. Like Heath Ledger, I still get chills during Why So Serious. I know that scene like the back of my hand. I know every line of that movie, the hospital, the everything. I'm just like, oh my gosh, this villain is terrifying. He's amazing. Uh, Aaron Eckhart, Harvey Dent, like holy crap, had it not been for... I mean, anyone else but Heath Ledger, everyone would have talked about this dude. Everyone. Yeah. Like, Heath Ledger was the Michael Jackson to Aaron Eckhart's Prince in the sense of Prince was so freaking good that had he been born at any other time, he would have been the man, but he had to be around at the same time as Michael Jackson. Right. It's just unfair. And I watched this man thinking, man, this is amazing. And then two nights ago, Eric... When we had this conversation, I was watching The Batman, and I have my nitpicks about that movie. Paul Dono, I have my nitpicks, but overall, he's a solid Riddler. I have my nitpicks, but overall, he's pretty good. Um, There's layers to him. There is. I give him that. Colin Farrell was fantastic. Yeah. Penguin was fantastic. Car- uh, Falcone was fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Robert Pattinson as Batman was fantastic. Robert Pattinson as Bruce Wayne, Batman, fantastic. But I'm watching that movie, and I'm watching the part, Eric, where the city actually floods. And I'm watching that movie, and I'm thinking, I'm watching Paul Dono laugh, and I'm sitting there thinking, this movie is so good, and it pains me that the same film that made this, the same company that made this, the same company that made The Dark Knight, the same company that made Joker with that bone-chilling monologue at the end, you get what you deserve. I mean, holy crap, dude. Joaquin Phoenix. Yep. Fantastic. That same company just released Black Adam. And I'm thinking, here we go again. We're, we're, we're right back to have a sampling of something excellent. Get your hopes up. Because I've just had a good taste in my mouth ever since I saw The Batman. Like, even yeah. though I nitpicked it here and there, I love that movie. Yeah. Like, I really do. Like, I am pumped up as heck for the second movie. I'm still iffy on this new Joker. We'll see how he does. But overall, I got more positives and negatives, but I'm just so freaking sick and tired of watching DC release something great and turn around and release some average or garbage movie. I, I don't yeah. understand. Like, and You know, people ask, you know, people always ask, why do they keep focusing on Batman? Like, can't someone else get some shine? Well, here's Black Adam to show you why. Here's Black Adam. This is why. Because DC loses money. Shazam is why DC lost a lot of money. This yeah. is why Batgirl got canceled. This is why all these other movies are getting canceled. Because it's not... I understand Batgirl has ties to Batman. 
but it's not like there, there's just two characters in DC that are they basically make up the brand and it's not Batman and Superman at this point. At this point it's Batman and Joker. Yeah, cuz you cuz cuz now and I I'm sorry but now now I'm really now that that really makes me mad because now you can't even you can't even do that right. Now you like like think about what you just said. You know how crazy it is what you just said? Not even Superman and Batman anymore not even superman and batman it's batman and joker think about that evan think about that well see i don't i don't have the biggest i mean see now this is just my bias because i've i've grown up on these comics like i've grown up on batman and joker i can never i love it so for me i don't have the biggest like i understand where you're coming from personally i don't have the biggest issue with it in the sense of Batman and Joker being like at face value, them being the faces of the business, I have nothing wrong with that. What I have something wrong with, what I have an issue with, is why that is. And the reason for that is, is because they've mishandled all the other superheroes. They have handled everyone else so poorly that the only characters that have been treated rightly are Batman and Joker. Right. Like, I, and that that's sad that you have to say that because I'm thinking to myself, I don't think it was that hard to do. I didn't think it was that hard. Like, after 2013, okay, we got a great Superman movie. Okay, I can deal with, I can deal with BVS, okay? I can deal with Wonder Woman. Okay, I love all those films. I can deal with that. But, I mean, to look at the scope, of where we are 10 to 15 years later, bro, with characters who we know are important. We know where they stand in the hierarchy of everything. For you to not... Joker's about to be on his second movie. Blue Beetle is in production. Batman has had one, two, three more appearances since then. Two by Batfleck and one by Robert Pattinson. And no Superman movie. Wonder Woman has had two. And she's got she's on the way to her third. Aquaman's had his movie. And he's on his second. Shazam 2 is about to come out. Black Adam just got greenlit. Look at how many characters are getting greenlit movies. And yet Superman does not even have a sequel. A standalone sequel. Think about that. I mean, it, it, that definitely hurts the overall story because DC is so dependent on Batman and, like, you're not going to have Justice League without Superman. That's just not possible. You can't, right. you can't have the Justice League without Batman or Superman, so you don't have Superman. That hurts the story. <coughs> Excuse me. You go. <coughs> Moving forward. Yeah. Okay, I'm good now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm good now. Um, be quiet. Uh, where was I? Oh yeah, Batman and Superman. So, yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm not shocked that Joker is in this place. He, I mean, think about this. You want to think about taking chances on a character? I kind of see where Walter Hamada was coming from. Like, I, I, I hate defending him, but I'll give him this. I can understand from one angle. 
why he didn't want Joker to be released. Because I think he may have been nervous that Jared Leto had left such a bad taste in people's mouth when he played Joker. And, I don't, and he may have thought, he may have thought, well, the last time we put Joker in a movie, it failed spectacularly. So maybe people are jokered out. So maybe we don't do this one. There, I can I, un, I can understand that one. I'm not saying I agree with it. And in hindsight, obviously he was wrong because the movie was amazing. But I'm saying like before he even saw the script, before he even saw the movie or the trailer, all he hears is Joker movie right after Jared Leto did what he did. I can understand to some degree there being some, mm, well, he can't let he, well, even if that was the case, he would have been wrong regardless because he can't let, he can't let the screw up that he heads at that time dictate solo, dictate something totally solo. Like I could see that perspective, but at the same time, Joker is too big of a character to let one bad performance by an actor define him. I th- I don't think that would have changed, especially after you've had Nicholson and you've had uh you've had Ledger two legendary performances. You had Cesar Romero back in the day. So up to that date, I mean you got Mark Hamill too in the animated form. Up to that date, Joker hadn't had a bad performance ever. You know what I'm saying? But then of course we get Jared Leto. That's one bad performance. I don't think that's gonna scrape uh the surface of of Joker's potential cinematically. And but I'm glad you at least understand the perspective of maybe people are jokered out because Joaquin Phoenix was the third Joker in 11 years. That's a long gap. But not me, Eric, name me another character that's had three different iterations in 11 years. In 11 years, let's see. That's never happened. There's been characters that have three different moot like trilogies, but I'm talking about you've had three different people play the same character in three different movies, three different stories. I mean, that's not very, I don't think that's still, I still don't think that fatigues it. Not Joker, at least maybe for other characters, but I don't, I don't Joker's too, like I said, Joker's too iconic of a character like that. I I agree with you that it doesn't fatigue people, but I'm just saying like from Walter's perspective, I can, like I can see like he's not just crazy coming up with this. He he's not making stuff up like oh wow like I don't even know where he would get that idea. Well, I mean, I can't debate what Walter was thinking at that time. I only choose to take Todd Phillips' side and what he was saying about it, which was that Walter was not trying to have any of it, and so he went around. Walter's back and got the film done and greenlit. So I, I can't say I because I, I don't. I'm I mean, I, obviously we both disagree with Walter because we love the movie. Like yeah, I've I've got a Joker movie poster in my wall or in my room. I love that movie, but um, I think a lot of like if there was any questions about the hype, it all went away after that first trailer came out. 
Okay. Whoever made that trailer deserves the Oscar. For the Joker trailer? That first one. Yeah. You remember that smile? Like, oh, yeah. That, oh, man. dude. That was cinema right there. That, that was, was cinema. one of the top. Dude, by the end of that commercial, every hair on my arm was just completely standing up. Yeah. I was like, I, and what was crazy <clears throat> is, here's how you know a trailer is good. When the trailer reveal, and this used to be how movie trailers were, is they revealed nothing about the plot of the movie. They would show you like interesting moments from the movie, and you would kind of understand like the general like idea. Like, okay, yeah, that's Joker. The understanding of it, yeah. Yeah, some general understanding. Like, you may know where the movie takes place, but the right. trailer itself doesn't just point blank say, hey, this is what's going to happen in this movie. Right. It doesn't say, like, hey, here's Joker, and these are the things he's going to go through throughout the movie. It, right. ju- it just shows a bunch of random clips that almost seem like something from a dream. Right, But the montage of clips and the epic music that is played in the background, oh, it's just... I knew knew it was going to be it from from the first shot. And remember how much I couldn't stop dancing like Joker behind the curtain? Like, that just, that one scene, I remember we were in theater practice. Bro, you were hyped the whole production. Oh my god. Dude, that trailer hyped me up for the play. Like gave me energy for the play. <laughs> you couldn't help yourself. It was it was I, there. I was so hyped for that freaking movie, and that was in April, and the movie didn't even come out till October. Yeah, so I had to wait. But Walking Phoenix, you dog, it was worth the wait. Yeah, you gifted actor, you. Reminds me of simpler times when I was actually hyped about a DC movie. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, and then, but but we get films like that, and then we get back to this. So for me, I, I told G texting you, I said, bro, I'm at the point now. I just don't care. I have no hype for the Flash movie. None. Like I like I'm at the point, dude. I and I never thought. You know what breaks my heart about that? What's we, that? We had a podcast where we had my live reaction. Of me finding out that Michael Keaton was in this movie. Right. I thought I was going to have a conniption. I about passed out. I was so excited. Uh, Yeah. Because, I mean, I freaking love Michael Keaton. That's the Batman prior to Christian Bale. That that was my early childhood Batman. Yeah. That was like six, seven-year-old Evan watching Batman... Like, break every window, flying down, watching bad guys scatter. You know, oh, it's Batman! You know, yeah. th- that classic goodness. And then moving on to uh, Christian Bale. Finally, when I got a little bit older and uh, Heath Ledger and all them. Those movies were amazing. Yeah. And the Batman, Robert Pattinson, continuing the legacy. I think he did a good job. Shout out to Matt Reeves. Um, yeah, those are really at this point the only kind of films I can get excited about. Yeah, 
it, I, 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 but I mean, I say all that going back to Michael Keaton, I kind of lost my train of thought there for a second, but going back to Michael Keaton, I grew up on, like I said, early childhood Batman. Um, so right. he, hearing that he was coming back, I mean, I got nostalgic. Like that took me back to being seven years old. And I think that's what we love about these movies so much is like it takes <clears throat> it takes us back to simpler times. I think that's a big reason people love the MCU so much. Uh, right. And DC used to could do that. Uh, I got really hyped up for that. But between the consistent letdowns, the consistent lack of direction, um, not to mention Ezra Miller and just all of the just seemingly never-ending bizarre events that keep happening due to Ezra and Ezra's actions. Um, it's just one thing after another. Yeah. And I, I mean, I mean, from from the beginning, dude. From the beginning, MOS, solid movie. BVS, I didn't like it. You love it. It was very controversial. Uh, Justice League sucked. Uh, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, surprisingly good. Shazam, who cares? Uh, Suicide Squad, one of the worst movies ever made. Uh, yeah. Wonder, Woman, Wonder Woman 84, not very good. Uh, and, you know, even when you get a Peacemaker and a Suicide Squad reboot, and you get, you know, good things like that, you think, okay, but what does this do for the story? What does it do for the story? Um, Black Adam <clears throat> was okay. But, I mean, Eric, for Frick's sake, I mean, you know, when we talk about patience, that would be fine if the DCU didn't start in 2013 and we're in 2022. About to be 2023. <clears throat> I mean, Eric, we're, we're talking nine years. And this is about, like, if I, oh, I almost forgot about Birds of Prey. Why? Because everybody forgot about Birds of Prey. <laughs> I like that troll. Everybody forgot about Birds of Prey. I'm not even saying it was a bad movie. Like it was like I've seen it more than once. I like Ewan McGregor. Yeah. But I, I I forget about that movie all the time. It's like why do we need it though? <laughs> and I think most people did too. Yeah. I think people re I think they really <clears throat> overestimated the draw that Harley Quinn is. And maybe, yeah. and maybe you can say COVID had something to do with it. I'm, I'm not gonna blame COVID on anything. I'm, I'm not gonna blame any movies flopping on COVID because <clears throat> I sat in a full theater full of people near the almost, almost the end, ending, ending of the pandemic. But it, we were still, you know, masked up and everyone, you know, and I watched as a full theater around me clapped, cheered, and applauded for a simply entertaining movie that I like to call Spider-Man No Way Home. So, I... I mm -mm, no excuses. I ain't, I ain't hearing it. I know some theaters closed down. I understand that. But there was a period in between that pandemic where when we were coming up out of that thing, 
you know, where theaters were empty, there were movies that stepped up to the plate and brought people back to the theaters. And No Way Home was one of those. So, I I mean, at this point, dude, I, I well, know. And, and even on the streaming service, there were successful projects like. Uh, even then, yeah. What was it? Uh, WandaVision. Very, WandaVision. Su- very successful. Uh, what else? Loki. Loki was successful. Dune. I still need to watch Dune. I still haven't seen it, but I mean, I know that was a very popular movie during the pandemic. Yeah, Dune was good. Um, you had ZSJL. The numbers for that was great. ZSJL came out before the pandemic. It did? Yes. I thought it was 2021. No, ZSJL came out in 2019. It's 2021. I think it was announced during the pandemic, but it came out 2021, if I'm not mistaken. We were still in the pandemic, though, still, though. So. Still there? Roski. Can you hear me? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, cut out. I hear you. Can you hear me? Broski. Yo. I hear you. I think I can't get out of the app. I was looking at the most popular movies of 2021. Ah, I see. Yes. ZSJL isn't high up there, but it was grossing numbers, not viewing numbers. Yeah. But, I, I, I mean, mean, I did, I I looked up most streamed movies of 2021, and I remember it wasn't in the top 15, but it was popular. Yeah, I, I think that the attention that was brought to the Snyder Cut overall and what was left on the table for Warner Brothers at that time, I think that people, I mean, of course, the Snyder Cut movement brought attention to it. Of course, there were some celebrities who were behind it as well. So there was definitely a lot of attention there. But I think in terms of the argument about DC, bless you, buddy, in terms of the argument about DC, and where the direction should go, I think that conversation had already reached its boiling point with fans and with <clears throat> the pop culture community all over, probably. And may, and I didn't want to admit it at that time, because when the Snyder Cut came out, I was like, yes, okay, this is what they should have done the first time. You know what I'm saying? Okay, now we have an open door. Look at the storyboards that Zack put out. Look at Dark Side, Lex Luthor. Look at all these, you know, solo Batman films, solo, you know, this guy film. Look at all these plans that 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 they could pick up on now. There's there's a chance. But then, you know, they're like, "No, nah, we're not going to do that." I'm like, "Okay, fine. Don't do that. But just know what you're leaving on the table. You know what they left on the table, too." And that's not that's not to say that 
that that should have been the path they should have taken. That's just me personally. I think they should have because that's still a connected universe because you have nowhere else left to go outside of that. And now we're in it. Now we're in it. And it could have been Snyder's well, universe. Mean, no, wait, I mean, there's a million different ways they could go, but they just keep finding a way to choose the wrong one. That's what I was about to say. But that's the thing that, that kills me. I mean, it's not like it's Zack Snyder or Bust. I mean, that's what kills me about this. It's not freaking rocket science. Make a good Superman movie. It's that simple. It's, I mean, make obviously, good, obviously, for Warner Brothers, it wasn't a good freaking Superman movie. Bring people to the theaters. Make a second Superman movie. Make a good Batman movie. Make a good movie where Batman and Superman meet each other. Make Justice League. Does that sound familiar? Yes. Marvel is literally showing you how it's done. They're literally showing you, like, hey, build a story. Start from the ground up. Don't just throw random stuff at a wall and say it's all interconnected. It don't freaking work like that. I, well, I, do, I, I don't understand how in God's name DC can watch Marvel for so long and just not get it. It well, pains I mean, me. That Hey, when you look, when you want to sit at the boardroom table and you want to be the boss and you want to dictate what goes on and you want to get in your creator's way, that's what happens. You don't see Kevin Feige breathing down people's necks. You just don't. And this could have been with any creator, not just Snyder. I'm talking about anybody, man. Like, that's not how you run that. I know the urge to, to have the cinematic universe out there. I know you got to compete. That's business. I get that. That's natural. But the way you went about it, the news that came out about that, the cuts, everything, the Russian, the announcing all these different projects when we haven't even got off the ground yet. Like, bro, you can't do that. You can't. And they have nothing to show for it. They got nothing to show for it. And you know what, Eric? The Black Adam, having seen it, this makes Comic-Con that much more embarrassing. Because they booed him, didn't they? I forgot that. They This makes Comic-Con this much more embarrassing. Because that's all DC showed. That's all they had. That was the what Marvel comes out. Avengers, Avengers, Black Panther, freaking Deadpool 3. They don't lose even after the supposed peak of endgame marvel still has enough gas in the tank i mean they may never reach endgame status again because i mean holy crap that was that's a bar but that was it they can still make it very very high they still can deadpool 3 is a guaranteed billion yeah with Hugh Jackman's, I mean that. Oh my gosh! But I, 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 I'm going to concede to you. What are you conceding? I'm going to concede that it is too late. I think it's too late for DC to start a cinematic universe. I don't. It's even, too late. Here's what's crazy, though, Eric. I don't agree with that. I and it's, and this is what frustrates me. This is what frustrates me, Eric. 
What frustrates me is the door will always be open for DC to get this thing done right. You're telling me, you're telling me that if they made a really, really good Superman movie, I mean really good, and they made a really, really good Batman movie, right, that people saw and the critics liked it and the people liked it, and it was the it was true to the source material, and it was just a good acting, good script. And then these two guys meet each other. You're telling me that wouldn't generate a crowd? Yes, it wouldn't. It, it, it would. wouldn't. It's too. It's no. It's not. Eric, there's it's no too late. That, that makes no sense. It's too late. No. How? Number one is because everything that we are describing that should have been done should have been done 10 bloody years ago. I hate to say it, so why but that's just done 10 years from now. Like, okay, I agree with you. It should have been done 10 years ago. But what I'm saying is I don't understand what would stop DC from saying, okay, we messed up, scrap all this. Let's just find somebody who can be a really, really good Superman, and we're going to cast him. It may even be Henry Cobble. We're going to take Henry Cobble, and here's Superman. Now, we need a really, really good Batman. It may even be Ben Affleck. I don't know, but someone. John Hamm, I don't care. And then both of those movies are good, and then you team them up together. But that's, but that's, the, that's the risk you run. There's no way that's not successful, assuming that the aforementioned Batman and Superman films are good and draw crowds. What if they? What? If, I'm, well, I don't deal in a game of what ifs because I mean, I don't dictate critic reviews. I, I like to hear what the audience has to say. I don't necessarily well, I'm dictate not talking about critic reviews. I'm not. No, I'm just saying in general. I'm just saying in and, general. Uh, and this isn't necessarily what if. This is just like common sense, follow logic. I mean, yeah, it's a hypothetical scenario, but I mean, it's 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 about as hypothetical as saying if I put the popcorn in the microwave, I get popcorn. You know, like well, yeah, it's I mean, a, it, it's a what if, but it's pretty inarguable. I would say. I don't think so. it's. I think it's going to take another five years for DC to even get that in the motion. It's going to take a whole another five, so six DC, years. If DC in five years announced a Batman movie and then a Superman movie, or vice versa, or and then had them team up a couple years later, then you think it'd be ready? Pop, maybe, maybe, but it all it all depends. It depends on a lot of things going right here. But see, that's where I keep getting frustrated because I honestly feel like the DCU is only two movies away from, ha- from ha- hold on, from having an established foundation. I serious, honest to God, feel like it's only two movies away. Give us one really, 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 really good or two. Batman movies connect them somehow to a really 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 good Superman movie you get those two movies you get really good Batman really good Superman have them meet now when they meet guaranteed success 
Mm. They're not even two movies away. They're one movie away, I would think. They're one movie away, actually. One. And even that one, they managed to screw up. I wish it were that simple. I oh so wish that it were that simple. Like, bruh, I could see that. I could definitely see it. But I, like, I just, I wish, I wish that could be true. But what DC or Warner Brothers has left on the cutting room floor in terms of cinematic universes, in terms of what they could have done years ago when they had the chance to fix it, I mean, it took a whole new, it took David Zaslav coming in there, cutting all this off, and, and and wiping the whole slate clean in order for them to get this right. <clears throat> it took that. It took naming James Gunn, who's still on contract, by the way, at Marvel, working Guardians of the Galaxy 3 and plotting right now the future of DC. It takes that. It takes him having to take over this thing and be announced as leader of this thing for us to finally get some semblance of, of order with DC. It's taken too long. It's taken too long. I want to be patient. I do. But I'm like, dude, you get if if we now now maybe you're right about the two the two film thing. Maybe not. But then again, it could be one movie. If they get the flash right and they reboot the whole continuity and one movie and start afresh, that maybe could be all you But need. at this point now that like <clears throat> I, I feel like the flash is doomed. I feel like that's a lost cause at this point. I feel but that's, like that's the reboot vehicle. That's the one. What do you want me to say? I mean, there's nothing much any of us could say. I just like, know what, the movie that they. What am I supposed they... to say when the lead actor is accused of grooming? What the heck? What the heck am I supposed to say? Not when a the thing. Lead, when the lead actor is accused of stealing alcohol, accused of all just just weird stuff. Not not a thing. There's nothing we can say. Like, nothing. What, do I, I, what do you want from me? I just <clears throat> I can't. I, I like and I'ma say this as both a DC fan and as a Snyder fan. Number one as a Snyder fan, I don't think I'll ever I don't think I can forget the fact that DC dropped the Snyder cut, showed us Dark Side teased the future of what the DCEU could have been and then didn't do it. And then as I a DC... I don't understand why you're shocked about that. I, I, I'm just... It, I, I'm I, not I shocked feel about like it. I feel, I feel like you're only shocked because you really got your hopes up. I mean, yeah, pretty much. I mean, when, you, when you're sitting here in Timbuktu trying to figure out what your continuity is and you just dropped one that was four hours long that showed you where you could go instead of just not doing anything at all. I mean, yeah, you you tend to be pretty shocked. And even outside of that, as just a DC fan in general, something, somebody's continuity, I don't care who's like, get, let's get some semblance of something Restore the Snyderverse or reboot it and do some something, you know. Now, I mean, like, we like it's, I just think it's too much of a now. That's not to say DC as a whole brand is doomed because that's 
that's never going to happen as long as they keep producing successful solo films, in my opinion. Successful the Batman ba- Joker. Ba- successful Batman movies. You mean. As long as you got Batman, you're going to be all right. It's like having prime. You know what? You know what Batman is? He's prime LeBron James. If you got him, you're going to be a championship team. Yes. That's Batman, and he's carrying like Batman has had back problems for a long time from like him and Joker both from carrying this franchise on their backs. Exactly. Superman is extending a hand to help, but he's not being used properly. They keep putting him on the bench. Coach, I scored six hundred something mil back in twenty thirteen. I have the best modern interpretation of Superman ever put to screen, Coach. Yeah, but we put me in the game. We'd rather have The Rock. Man. (sighs) This is our reality. And and like I say, what kills me is I'm watching The Batman. I'm watching Joker. I'm watching The Dark Knight. And I'm watching amazing, iconic lines, phenomenal acting, phenomenal visuals, Great costumes, great sets, like Matt, like great movies, dude. Phenomenal. It's great. And I'm like, there's no freaking way this is the same company. There's no way. There is no way that this company made Suicide Squad with a straight damn face. Hmm. Overall, dude, though, when it comes to Black Adam, I think this film did kiss for us moving forward. I think yeah, it, I, I think that Black Adam was an okay film at best. The, the Rock, I mean, I love you. You're great. I, I love you. Fast and Furious, you know, WWE, you're great. You're The Rock. You're a legend. Um, ha- having said all that, this was not my favorite movie of his. Uh, and I, I, I'm just disappointed uh, with yeah. the saying something because I was pessimistic about this movie and I got what I expected, but I guess some part of me was really holding out for something. I like, think that I think that was I think that was all of us. <clears throat> I, I think deep down I really wanted this film to be something special, and at this point. I'm not talking about, like, I, I brought up box office. Like, I'm not even talking about, like, competing with Marvel or comparing Black Panther to Black Adam. That's comparing apples to oranges. Um, But, I mean, for God's sake, Eric, 347. I mean. That's not good. That's, that's not good. That's I mean. awful. Uh, let, let me put some Shannon Sharp in there for you, Skip. I mean, normally when it comes to DC, you know what D and C stand for, right? Dark and complex. Uh, when Black Adam came out, DC was uh, dull and crappy. So that, I mean, that's that's it. That's all it is, Skip. Three, 347, 367, it's not. It's not going to cut it. And real, real quick before we cut, uh, cut off, uh, I'd like to take a moment to say rest in peace to Kevin Conroy. Uh, Yeah. Real quick, uh, Kevin was, I think, for a lot of young boys and girls out there, 
a part of our childhood with the Batman animated series, which is one of, if not the best animated series to ever be made. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I can't think of a more iconic duo of animated voice actors than Mark Hamill and Kevin Conroy. They, they, they were just absolute magic every episode. Killing Joke, going to see that in theaters. I was in a packed out theater of nerds. And we were all there because we knew it was Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill. Yeah. Like, just a packed out theater. It was amazing. and It was so much fun to watch. Uh, Kevin gave a lot of us great childhoods. And we're all thankful for that. Rest in peace to the best animated Batman ever. Yeah. Rest in peace to Kevin Conroy. Um, I got a video of Asher. I'm gonna send to you because I was just I just started um, the animated series. I was gonna watch it all the way through because I never got to as a kid. Um, but yeah, I got a video of Asher watching it with me. I'm gonna send that to you just now, right before we started this podcast. But um, yeah, man, rest in peace to the definitive voice of of the Batman. Uh, we got to show the legends love while they're here, man, because. You know they let they're leaving us left and right. Jason Frank, uh, rest in peace to Jason uh, David Frank, also known as the Green Ranger or the White Ranger, depending on what Power Ranger show you were watching. But rest in peace to him as well. Yeah. So just a time to enjoy all the legends, man. Just enjoy all the legends. Oh man, speaking of legends, okay. I know I was about to cut the podcast, but just real quick, five minutes. I just, just because I just love talking about this so much because you said legends. So, what do you think about your boy Connor? <sighs> Connor McGregor will be back strong and in 2023. He will be back. And uh, I hope Khabib comes out of retirement too. Because that's the no, only no, fight I'm interested in seeing. No, you don't. Yes, I do. No, you don't. Yes, I do. Don't don't say that. No, you don't. Yes, I do. Don't I want to see Connor win some tune-up fights, conquer some folk, get back in the prime condition, and and then I want to see I want to see a revenge match because that man said what he said on Twitter in a respectful way. He said, "Your daddy's not here no more. You ran and ducked. I'm here if you want it." And I'm like, okay. Hey, I like that kind of trash talk. I don't know if he'll back it up, but I do know that Khabib did say Connor was his most toughest opponent. And I know it didn't look like that from the ground game because Khabib dominated that. That much is true. That's facts. But as far as the stand-up game in those first two, three rounds, hey, hey, Connor was doing his thing. He was holding his ground in there. And Khabib said that Connor was by far his most toughest opponent that he ever faced in the octagon. Who wouldn't want to see McGregor Khabib too? This man doesn't have to fight, but hey, Connor, I think I think he's in it for the legacy. I think he can come back and and dominate um, and bring bring back bring. I mean, the UFC is exciting right now. Three champions have fallen and three new ones have risen up within the past nine months. I think it's unheard of. Even Israel Adesanya just got beat. So I mean. The UFC is exciting right now, but hey, with Connor, man, it's a different level. So, I mean, I hey. have to correct you on something. 
Yes. I'm reading a sports article. Could be called. Hold on. Hold on. I swear he said Connor. He said he, said he said Connor was his most important fight. He said, "What's this dude's name?" Tabal. His second professional fight was his toughest fight. Really? I thought he said Connor. No, because I mean, bro. Because I'm just the reason I didn't think that was true is because I remember the Justin Gaethje fight, and I remember thinking, "Wait a minute, no, Justin actually looked like he hurt Khabib." Poirier actually had him in a submission at one point, looking like he could beat him. Connor never looked like he was going to beat Khabib. Like at no, like I don't mean to sound like I'm talking smack, but there was never a moment in that whole fight where you're like, "Oh God, Connor's got him." Well, I stand corrected then. I'll stand corrected on that. No, you know what? The, the, there's a handful. There's only a couple of fights I'm interested with Connor. I'm interested in McGregor Diaz three. I'm interested in that. I don't even think we'll get that because uh, Khabib's retired. I mean. Diaz is retired. I know. I'm interested in McGregor Ferguson. Yes. I'm interested in. McGregor Ferguson, McGregor Holloway. McGregor Holloway is my dream match. But Connor would need... Dude, Connor, for those who haven't been keeping up, Connor has been hitting the gym. Yes, he's big dog. He is a freaking tank right now, and I'm thinking... Okay, if you're going to fight at Featherweight and if you're going to fight Max Holloway, you're going to have to get way smaller. And I think, like, I don't understand why he's trying to get so big because I'm thinking when he was a Featherweight was when he was most dominant, but as because he was so fast and he could knock people out with one punch. But now as he's gotten bigger, he's slower. It's a little bit more difficult. Right. I mean, unless he's improved his cardio. That's the only thing I can think of, unless he's improved the cardio. That's it. Well, and also, I, I think the big thing is Connor fights best, and this is going to sound like I'm talking smack, I guess, but Connor does best when he's fighting someone smaller than him. Chad Mendez, not significantly smaller, like by a foot, but I'm talking like an inch or two shorter. People, yeah. people like Chad Mendez, Jose Aldo, Marcus Dennis, Brimage. Yeah, Dennis Seaver, all those guys. They're all shorter than McGregor. Holloway, yeah. I think, is the only one that's taller than McGregor. Yeah. And, and even that fight went to a unanimous decision. But then when McGregor gets to the lightweight division, now he did beat Cowboy, who's taller than him. But, I mean, come on. Yeah. Come on. Come but on. When, but when he fights Dustin Poirier at lightweight, now he did beat Dustin one time, once upon a time. But when they fight at lightweight, Dustin handles him twice. Yeah. You know, Khabib handled him. So I'm thinking, you know, there were rumors of him going to welterweight. And I'm thinking, oh, hell no. Kam- Kamara Usman would kill him. Yeah. Like, literally, Leon Edwards would kill him. Uh, Colby Covington would beat him. Uh, 
Give me Masvidal over Connor. Oh wait, whoa, whoa, hold on. This this whole division is not clear in Connor. Maybe one or two of those fighters are. That remains yet to be seen, though. I'm talking about the Connor that I've seen over the last couple of years. Prime Connor McGregor. I would agree with you. The Connor McGregor who was in his prime and was knocking out Jose Aldo with a counter punch. I'd agree with you, Eric. But you do know that Connor has lost three of his last four fights. Yes. Since he, has, since he has returned from fighting Mayweather in 2018, I think it was, he's won one UFC fight. Yeah. He's he, fought in four. He's got some he's got some work to do in order to catch up. I mean, so McGregor desperately needs a tune-up fight and he needs to win it. I don't think McGregor right now has it in him to beat the big dogs. I mean, maybe not when you're sitting on almost 500 million. I don't think you ha- you'd have the hunger to go out there and compete with the big dogs anymore either. Those maybe, boys are hungry. Maybe not, but but for whatever reason, the hunger's not there. It's not there. You, he's gotten comfortable. It may it may be a Rocky Three type moment, but we'll see in early twenty twenty three when he gets back. We'll see. Oh yeah, but this was a good one, bro. Absolutely, bro. This was absolutely enjoyable. Absolutely a blast. We hope DC can recover. We're gonna pray about. I'm gonna pray about it. Cause oh yeah, we need help. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, this was a great win. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to J House Podcast Radio. I'm your host Eric Houston with my co-host Evan Elliott. Happy Thanksgiving to you guys, and we'll catch you guys later, man. Peace, peace. Thank, Thank you for, for joining. joining. This, this has been another, another edition of J House Radio. Radio.